0: Welcome to That's My Niche. This podcast is on the hunt for professions across all disciplines to get a glimpse into the worlds, mindsets and passions of successful people. I'm your host, Nina Dorfair. Sit back and enjoy listening with me. International, baby. Well, thank you so much for making it. (laughs) So happy to be here. (laughs) Yeah, like the last time we spoke, um, it's been a while, but we've already uh, touched on so many topics and I've been so intrigued about um, your studio, your work and uh, your practice. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about your niche and um, how you describe to people what you do?
1: Yeah, so I'm a little bit of a hybrid between being designer. So I graduated as product designer and um, uh, more like knit, knit expert. So focusing on programming and on uh, on handling machines. Um, and basically what I do is I focus, I start with developing a material and then like implementing it in uh in products um, and what i find so interesting about knit is that you can create the material as you want but as well create it in a shape and kind of engineer different zones in it um, so it really allows for a lot of um yeah customization or like um uh to create like a, a very smart product uh, and pushing the boundaries quite a bit within my studio
0: so do I f- do I understand from this that you also have um a machine that you work on?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I recently or it feels recently since <laughs> a year I have uh I have a machine that I share together with uh, another factory uh called Knit It, mm-hmm. um and yeah it's a it's a great setup to uh, to have a machine and to be able to 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 work uh, whenever you want on, on on your machine, yeah yeah. Is it far away? Yeah, it is, well, it is like uh, forty five minutes by car, so it's mm-hmm. uh, it's very very doable. Um, but indeed, it's based in
0: uh, in his
1: factory, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah yeah
0: yeah. So, how do you organize your time or your week? Uh, do you then batch? Um, the the time that you spend on the machine? Or do you prepare yeah, I kind beforehand? Of indeed,
1: yeah, I kind of segment it a bit. So I have a, a computer here at the studio where I do the programming mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I develop it in like, what, what is the ratio? It depends if there are a lot of projects or not, of mm-hmm. course. But like in average, I would spend two days a week, three days a week, Mm-hmm. yeah depending sometimes if it's very busy like four days but uh i would say between two and three days a week
0: uh there
1: uh on the machine yeah yeah i mean
0: that's already quite uh a lot <laughs> i guess because yeah. it's, it's quite um or i don't know like personally sometimes i find it i find it super tiring because i'm like giving everything <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i yeah, want to get yeah, the yeah. most out of the machine and so yes yeah. Um, yeah, so good. It can be, and you're like
1: on. You're like on all the time as well. Yeah. that's it, That's the thing. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's not easy to have a, a business uh, serv- um, in knitting um, mm-hmm. because <laughs> it's the machines that kind of determine um, how you do it <laughs> and, and and how you work. But no, I think uh, really well done that you invested in, in a machine and that you have to set up and that you're working independently. I think you know. That's, yeah. Uh, really yeah. Great. Thank
1: you so much. Yeah. Yeah. It is very much what I wanted uh, mm-hmm. to set up, uh, mm-hmm. be set up in
0: this way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you grew up in France, <laughs> or partly yeah, in France. <laughs>
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I lived in France from uh, the age of eight until the age of 20. Um, So yeah, most of my childhood, you could say. Uh, But I as well grew up all around the world. So meaning I lived in Bhutan for the four first years of my life. And then we moved to India um, for, yeah, the the other three or four years. Um yeah, and uh yeah, I think it has been uh, it has been a very yeah nice childhood and like a very,
0: very good um yeah, good childhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember because I guess those are uh Buddhist countries. mm mm-hmm. isn't it? Um yeah did that uh did you take anything from that uh practice or it, were you used to visiting temples or any anything like that um,
1: I think like not overly um, but I think yeah, my parents were always kind of exposing me and my sister uh to the cultures we were living in mm-hmm. um, but not overly like um religious or like uh, diving into, in, into that side of the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, although I think it really informed me on so many levels um, mm-hmm. to, to live there and to, um, to learn from, from the cultures. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, I think it's probably also um, how people treat each other and how people talk to each other and their philosophy yeah. of life.
1: Yeah, I think it's a level of openness that it creates and uh and I think moving around so often kind of makes you adapt to all those different places and kind of uh it's 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 kind of becomes normal to uh start over um uh and yeah yeah it's it's it kind of really shaped me in so many ways um, that have been like valuable to uh, to become who I am ended uh, mm-hmm. up yeah really contributed
0: to that it's kind of the analogy of life and death know that uh, starting over it's also kind of creation and destruction and uh, mm-hmm. thats mm-hmm. making you aware of um, life cycles and that mm-hmm. there is probably um maybe taking some distance uh because i guess when you leave a country there is also a part that is like mourning the period mm. that you've uh that you've uh, that you've had um and that you move on so i think yeah that must be a really i guess it must for a child this must these must be really intense life lessons
1: yeah well I think it's uh, it's maybe intense from, from your perspective, but for me, it was maybe normal, you know, or for yeah. any, yeah, it's kind of, um, yeah. I always, I think like other kids and other people always find me very like exotic or like, you know, she had like all of those things in life. And for me, it was like, yeah, it's like you, for me, it's super exotic that people live in the same place forever. You know, I'm like, wow, like how, how does it work? (laughs) You know, and really have roots that are, that are like very, very deep in one place. I've, I've never had that. Um, And I think you're always fascinated by what you don't have.
0: Um, Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I think it's, uh, yeah, it's curiosity and uh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So what happened after you turned 20? And so you were in uh, France, you've lived your life, you had your teenage years. Uh, and <laughs> then uh, when you turned 20, what happened?
1: Yeah, so I studied like um, uh, literature and like... Uh, um, like. Um, arts and I wanted to focus more on uh, applied arts so I did a foundation year in France and then I kind of found out about um, yeah this whole kind of movement that was happening in the Netherlands uh, around like Dutch design which I found super Mm -hmm. fascinating but equally in the same way I was like I was kind of searching for my identity in a way. So I was, Mm -hmm. I was being Dutch, but I was kind of a fake Dutch, which I still kind of Mm -hmm. say to a lot of people, like I'm not a real Dutch, like
0: Like (laughs) I'm so so different.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I have like the nationality, but I'm not, uh, I'm not a true, true, true (laughs) Dutch, let's say. But anyhow, it kind of fascinated me for to To go back, and so I wanted to um, to study uh, product design in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in the foundation year, I kind of found out as well that um, the the French way of education within applied arts was very methodically and very like segmented, and you needed to fit mould. And in the Netherlands, it seems seemed much more open uh, and much more like. That you could combine doing ceramics and like uh, textiles or material developments uh, within the same course you know like within mm-hmm. product design um, and I think that really attracted me uh, on, on 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 those different levels yeah so I
0: went back to the Netherlands. would you say that there is also a difference in I mean it's just like my loose analysis that <laughs> <laughs> giving here but uh, do you think in um, in France it's very tied to craftsmanship and like oh, passing oh, yeah. on old knowledge and this is and this is why mm-hmm. they're so strict about how things are done and uh, but then why is it different in the Netherlands why are they so open-minded and free and like questioning I think
1: yeah in, I think partly is that that in uh, in France France, it's so, there is such a high value to craftsmanship indeed, to, uh, uh, yeah, that that part, such as in England, you could say as well, uh, in the Netherlands, that has almost disappeared, so, which is a Mm -hmm. shame uh, in a way, Um, but I think there is, on top of that as well, a cultural big change of, um, uh, there is a difference, uh, there is more, in a sense, more openness, more, um, uh, a very different way of educating uh, uh, students there mm-hmm. is no no kind of this is the way to do it uh, at school it was very much like you find your own way to do it uh, which I've never experienced in, in France Like there was one way to do it mm-hmm. and there were a lot of bad ways to do it and that were not the ways that you should do it mm-hmm. but I yeah, I, I, I could kind of fit in along like all the educational years, you know, when you have like more literature, there you can kind of fit in or mathematics, you can kind of see like one plus one is two and there they, that can be three, you know. Uh, but like, I think in arts, there are so many different ways to do things uh, that I couldn't really relate to, to that way of of, of getting educated.
0: That's so interesting, because how did you find your way? Because I think for me, it was not very clear. And when I had, um, I always wanted to, uh, I, I felt like I always needed the craftsmanship in order to mm-hmm. do something. But for example, I never had, a, I never had an education in pattern making. And when I studied fashion, uh, my teacher she she always said, well, it's better to not know pattern cutting because this makes mm. you more free. But I but I found it the other way around. I found yeah. I found it super overwhelming because I was like, Well, I mean this there is no no up or <laughs> down that, that are reference points to me. So
1: yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um it's funny because I always had that approach of your your teacher I always wanted like to do stuff like and not know how shoes were made so I never really kind of learned the proper way of shoemaking for example um, and really wanted to I think coming back to the previous question I think the having the liberty to find your own way of working was essential for me. And I think mm-hmm. I got that freedom in the Netherlands.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and along the lines, kind of starting from material development and then an- analyzing it to where it could fit and what it could be applied for, kind of gave me a, a kind of structure to work around. But I kind of, at some point, really wanted to cut out the kind of middleman, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And not be dependent on the technician that solved my my problems. I wanted to do that myself. And then actually it meant like learning, learning mm-hmm. how to run a machine, learning how to program. And at that point, it kind of, uh, yeah, it kind of changed. Then all of a sudden I needed the knowledge. And that actually inspired me uh, a lot as well because there was more possible and I was understanding more and I could solve more more things so I think there has happened to switch over the last uh, last few years of uh, not wanting to know but all of a sudden wanting to know how things were were working and uh, I think I'm searching for a balance in a way of like Mm. how far how much do I want to learn and uh, how how ignorant do I want to be to create to keep that freedom but I'm I have been afraid of losing that kind of creative, open, open minds, like, uh, by getting the knowledge of, like, knitting. Uh, But I realized that hasn't happened. uh, Because I'm Mm -hmm. always, if there is something strange, I would turn it 10 times upside down to see, like, yeah, but actually, it's possible. Or I would wake up at night. I'm like, no, it's possible. Like I, I know it's possible. You
0: know. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's it's really inspiring in a way. Yeah, that's a really good example. With uh, you, wake up at night and you are like, <laughs> I have an idea. <laughs> that's a cre- that's what a, that's what happens to a creative person facing a problem that it's like marinating somewhere unconsciously and then. It plops up uh, when you least expect it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, So I have seen that you, um, or I think, I don't know, how do I know this? (laughs) You participated (laughs) in the Sun 20 Pioneer program mm-hmm can you tell us a little bit about uh, the experience what's the what like what does Santoni? tony how do they support you or what is how what do you have to do to to get in and how did yeah. it uh what kind of push did it give you creatively and what happened after it
1: mm. yeah so i uh i applied when i just graduated so at the end of 2015 uh And, yeah, for me, I think in my career, it meant a lot. Um, um, But going back to the application, we needed to send in, uh, or I needed to send in, like, a a proposal on what I wanted to work on and uh, you would get selected or not. And uh, uh, I was selected with uh, three other people. Yeah, and we were invited to go to China, Shanghai for two or three months, I think two months, Uh, and we were, yeah, housed, Uh, everything was basically paid for, Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, we were able to get, like, trained on the machines to Mm -hmm. know how and understand how the technology worked, Um, but as well work with their uh, technicians, technicians. to kind of develop our own ideas, and we were able to use all the machines in the showroom they Mm -hmm. had. Um, So for me, it was a great introduction to to knitting, to Mm -hmm. industrial knitting, uh, and circular knitting was definitely the first time. So uh, it was a good kind of wake-up moment, like, oh, this is definitely the kind of, the, 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 the industry I want to be in, that I want to know more about. It has been frustrating as well uh, to work with a technician uh, that doesn't want to do uh, things a different way, mm-hmm. which I always do, or that doesn't want to answer your questions on why mm-hmm. um, why things are not possible and not wanting to think a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I was I was very much wanting to find the solutions myself instead of him uh doing that for me um mm-hmm. uh that that to me was the cool part I wanted to do myself that there was like the yeah the 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 nice part of the process mm-hmm. uh, that that was taken away from me in a way or that I was dependent on somebody else yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah what kind uh what was your proposal what did, what did you develop there what did you make? Uh,
1: yeah, back then I uh, I developed um, like different footwear uh, ideas on different machines. So one of ah, them okay. was, mm-hmm. yeah, was using uh, like a hosiery machine in a very different way. Uh, so trying to make a heel in it to kind of uh, curve like a tube kind of and mm-hmm. use structures to to make it shrink on some areas um, and uh, what did I do else? I worked on a on like an underwear machine which allowed to kind of create like very big kind of Ottoman uh, ripples mm-hmm. um, in a very tiny, tiny cage which for me kind of uh, made it look very technical and very like sleek, uh, the kind of vibe I, I really like. Um, yeah, uh, it, it it was a it was an amazing introduction to uh to to knitting and to uh, it really shaped my career as well from there.
0: Yeah. Did you work independently already when you came back from the Santoni Pioneer program or when did you branch out on your own? No, um actually when I was at
1: Santoni I got a an offer. I got I got posted on concept gigs and I got uh, an offer by Nike uh, at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, I I was kind of headhunted from there, from then and there by a lot of companies, Mm -hmm. uh, which was not my intention. I wanted to do a master's. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, And then uh, these offers didn't happen because I didn't have the knowledge. Mm -hmm. Neither after that, I got a few more. Uh, offers which I didn't want to, to take. So I think 50% of the time I wasn't a fit or I didn't want the offers. Um, mm-hmm. But when did I started my own company? I think it was like when there was a cool project coming to me and I thought like, yeah, if I want to do this, I need an, a company. Mm-hmm. And then things happened, you know, uh, gradually, like from one to another Um yeah, and it's kind of. I really wanted to kind of learn how to knit and program myself and be independent on that uh, on that level, not to be shaped by Nike, for example, or a school. Or uh, so I I did an internship at the Texas Museum. After I worked there, and in the meantime, I I trained a lot uh, at Seoul, Then bought my own software. And then, you know, things got rolling from there. But uh, yeah, those steps were essential.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting what you say that um, to shape yourself. um, Because if you work for a global company like Nike, Mm -hmm. um, it looks like a really great opportunity because, I mean, you know, I mean, if you work for Nike, I guess like, so many doors open the network is huge um but at the same time it's an aesthetic that you that you exactly yeah follow.
1: yeah it's a it's a bit complicated i think like as a as a just graduated uh it's it is like the moon for you, right? I mean it is like a dream you want to get there. I think the more I grow up the 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 more I see like it might be very interesting and very nice on a higher level, but I'm not sure like if you come like at ground zero of Nike that is like the most enjoyable place to be. Uh you really only see like one little part of like the whole the whole process mm-hmm. and 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 what I'm doing now, I, I do everything, which is a good and a bad thing and, and very yeah. annoying from time to time. But at least I have the, the reins in hand and I can shape, I can do things in my own way. And I'm not, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not, not kind of dependent on like how it should be done within a corporation
0: or whatever um, is the way to do it, you know. Yeah, and I think it's also a location question because if you go to Nike and you're European, either you spend mm-hmm. some time in China until they figure out your visa, or in London yeah. or whatever, and then you're in mm-hmm, Portland mm-hmm. and it's super far away, and you're like, and yeah. all of this for Nike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. Well,
1: yeah, as you could imagine, with my my life, that that was that's like nuts. Frightening me, or mm-hmm. that would have been actually enjoyable uh, adventure. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so traveling is never like a like a big deal for me, or living abroad. But uh, but it, it's it's more the what it really entails, like in your work, mm-hmm. uh, and, and what do, do you really gain from it in a way? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Because if you then are in a design team to realize an idea that you have to push an idea that you have it depends on so many people and factors yeah. and then it's also the yeah, question obviously. how much time do you really have to work on on a machine or are you just doing meetings mm. all the time you, it's uh, yeah, really I think it's um, not
1: only that, but it's also like you only see one little part of the process or you have like, just mm-hmm. like one little task that you need to ex- yeah. execute and you yeah. don't have mm-hmm. that much control in a way. I think that's the same what you what you mentioned as well. I think that's, that would very much, uh, with the knowledge I have now, would I think it would not have have worked as well. I would not have been that happy. So I think, mm-hmm. yeah, in a way, things happen for a reason, and I'm, uh, yeah. I'm very mm-hmm. happy it didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah you don't regret anything that's that's good but yeah. yeah I mean you're totally right everything happens for a reason because sometimes I'm also like uh, thinking back and I'm like oh should I have done this or should I have to, should I have said no to this or that and you know sometimes I'm like do I regret it should I regret it but I don't know it was like a moment in time and hmm. I had my reasons why I didn't feel like Committing to something that I wasn't like feeling, even though yeah maybe exactly. logically it would have been the right decision, but emotionally mm-hmm. it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's like, um, happens for a reason. I mean, yeah, but then it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me ask you a question What fascinates you about footwear and knit, and what frustrates you about footwear and knit?
1: Um, yeah, I really, I very much like to implement it in Footwear because it's such a nice, uh, kind of medium. It is, it has a nice size to it, not too big, not too small, and, and needs to answer like a lot of functionalities, uh, which you can engineer as you want, uh, but as well create a shape. So there are, and there are a lot of problems to solve within Footwear. So, uh, and still um uh i think there is a lot of opportunity uh, within knitting footwear uh in very different ways uh, than what is or has been done uh right now mm-hmm. um what frustrates me uh in yeah I would say that it takes so much time and that's that people <laughs> and that it's very complicated that it's that it's like that people and as well i think that people don't realize that it's not a, a printer that it's oh, yeah. not that you put a file in and that something comes out finished it is like a long long journey and there is uh, it it's it's not an answer to your question it's a tangent but like that there is a big big lack of education oh. Mm-hmm. On, on 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 what it takes to knit, and that it is <laughs> that it costs so much money because it is so much work mm-hmm. to do something custom made, uh, mm-hmm. and that that it is like not like something ready off the shelf, you know. I mean that some people do that, but then you don't get like anything new, and that's not what I do. So um, what frustrates me is that. Uh, that everybody chooses for the commercial boring uninteresting knitted upper uh, which i get from a money perspective of course but uh can we just not make things nice and pretty and interesting innovative and 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 change a bit like how things are done Uh, Mm -hmm. yeah
0: yeah, I guess That's it. maybe my mission. Uh. <laughs> no, I think it's a really valid mission because, it, mm-hmm. because somebody, at, at some point, you know, because, I mean, it's been, what, like 10 years um, that knitted uppers uh, have been made. So I guess at some point it does become really commercial and, like, the same all yeah. over. So yeah. you have to find... Um, the, like also an innovative brand that you work with mm-hmm. that can then be the first brand to do things differently and to you know change directions. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. I I understand why you're on that mission. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Do you have a creative practice um, or how do you? cultivate your own creativity or whenever you feel stuck, how do you reset? Mm.
1: Yeah, I very much. Uh, uh, I think it's very important to stay curious uh, and to uh, kind of allow for, for for moments to play around uh, without any reason or goal in it uh, to, yeah, to kind of, yeah, get back that fascination, for me, that's very important or to kind of not lose it um, and to uh, keep inspired. Um, Yeah, I think that uh, that sense of playing around and and, and very much like, uh very anchored in the in the making uh is is essential to my to my practice uh working next to the machine very much hands on you know uh, that is essential um, how do i get unstuck i think my my team would help me to kind of flip the flip the coin um but i need to say uh i don't don't experience that that much uh uh, I think it is uh, I know I am um, yeah I don't have too often like a like a moment like I have a blank
0: page and I don't know how to start um, yeah yeah so do you so then you exchange to
1: yeah if I would have that I would I would search like for people to exchange upon mm-hmm. and uh, or to wander around to just let it be and kind of yeah um uh, starts the next day mm-hmm. and 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 yeah starts from
0: another angle you know or um yeah 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 it's true sometimes you just have to let it be um yeah the, the other day <laughs> it was so it this hasn't happened to me in such a long time but I was in uh I was in kind of like um uh, I was in the zone and I spent day after day after day after day um, developing stuff on the machine. And uh, one day I was so frustrated because I was like working on something and I was like trying around, trying around, trying around. And like it didn't work the way I wanted it to. And then my boyfriend kept calling me and I was like trying to like explain like what was going on. And he was so uninterested. Mm-hmm. He was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but it was like he just doesn't get it. <laughs> and then I decided. I was like, I have to talk to someone. Like this, is like oh, I have to get this out of my system. Mm-hmm. And then I called my friend, um, or like uh, a colleague, like a colleague that I had. I worked with her uh, mm-hmm. in a factory a few years back. And it was so satisfying because she was so interested in my problem. <laughs> and we were kind of like, she was just asking me like simple questions. She was like, have, what, why have you done this? And like, why, why, did, why have you decided to do, to do that? And um, I mean, there was not a solution at the end of the day, but mm-hmm. I got it out of my system. I had a good night's sleep. I, I wasn't ruminating Um, about it and then the next day I went to the studio and I was super motivated and I was like yeah I think I know what I have to do and it turned out Mm -hmm. to be the nicest thing ever and I was so happy (laughs) but yeah so I think it's astonishing sometimes which is talking to talking to somebody or just having an exchange just absolutely how, how it can like help um yeah, and inspire. Yeah, no, absolutely, uh,
1: yeah. it really does. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. it really does help uh, to have like a community of people, uh,
0: like-minded people around you. Definitely, yeah, that's yes. Uh, essential. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, can you think of projects, or what are the projects that you define as the most significant ones to the development of your business?
1: Uh, well uh I would say like contract a project I did. Uh I was invited by, by Daniel Bailey to join a team of creatives um mm-hmm. to um remake like the Timberlands
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh yellow boots to kind of remake an, uh, an iconic um yeah version of of the, yeah, of the Yellow Boots. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very much like a creative process, like um, uh, a, a moment to exchange with other creatives, such as Helen Kirkham, Pete uh, um of uh, course, Daniel Bailey, uh, David Mosley. It was just a very nice crew of people, uh, friends, friends. Uh, and uh, yeah, very much like-minded people that, that kind of relate um, to to what you are doing, and to kind of fill in on the things that you have not, and you could I could help on on what they were uh, they were lacking on, and it was just a perfect mix of uh, of people. It was very very well balanced uh, and yeah we achieved so many so many things in like those few days we had uh in the factory it was um uh, yeah it was an amazing experience to work together on a on a collaborative mission let's say uh
0: yeah What kind of designers were the other people? I guess there were some footwear designers. Were they all footwear designers? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I think they were all footwear designers, you could say. Uh, Very different profiles, though. Uh, Helen felt really like a a sister from another mister, Mm -hmm. uh, if you could say. She... She really was, like, working hands-on on the machine, kind of tweaking things as well. It was not a knitting machine, but you, it, it was the same kind of vibe as I had. um And, yeah, the other ones were, yeah, both, like, very much, like, sketching around or, like, you know, making, very much in the making, like, uh, uh, Paterson Stope do uh, very well-skilled in, like... Uh, food we're making but as well um wanting to kind of break a little bit how it's done so trying to change like the placement of the seam or the construction or you know like taking it from mixing boots and like uh uh, using different materials and uh i think it was a great melting pot of uh of new ideas i think we were very much innovating uh, at that time for for Timberland, yeah.
0: And did you bring knitted samples already made with you? Indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Within the factory uh,
1: in the Dominican Republic, there was no knitting machine Mm -hmm. and I wasn't skilled neither to yet operate it all by myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I knitted
0: samples prior, Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yes. I mean sounds like uh, or it looks like a super fun experience. <laughs> and yeah, I'm sure I'm gonna cool. post uh, some some pictures as well uh, with mm. the with the podcast article, so people uh, can yeah, see what it great. looks like? <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. So the last time we spoke, you mentioned that you are rebranding, restructuring. Um, so can you let us in a bit on the thoughts and reasons behind it and uh, what is to come?
1: Yeah. So I decided to set up a new company called uh, Knit in Motion. Um, together with my team, we found this name. Uh, I think it, it's a moment to kind of establish ourselves more strongly, uh, mm-hmm. in another, uh, kind of yeah, uh set up. So it's a it's a different type of company. Uh but as well um I think operating under my personal name um had done its time and is like uh, we've grown out of that and I, I felt I wanted to show off my team not only where my name um and um I think it's a moment as well to uh bring out Products and elevate like the services we do, uh, but uh, yeah, just elevate on so many levels. We've we've come so many steps further than when I started, um, and yeah, this time was
0: uh, was meant to happen. Uh, so I'm very happy we <laughs> we came to this point. No, congrats. I mean, it is not easy to rebrand and like find uh, your a new voice. Um, mm-hmm. how has the, 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 graphic design and the brand identity, how did you develop that or what were, what were some key, um, key points yeah. or keywords?
1: Uh, well, um, uh, we are still celebrating that we have a name. So that is, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that we have like, uh, set up all the legal side of, uh, of the company, yeah. we're still like very much transitioning in so many levels mm-hmm. um, and at this moment we're we're recruiting or searching for people that can do the identity branding and uh, website, so I think uh, in within a few months we will uh, we will get started on that, uh, and hopefully we can launch
0: it at the end of the year um yeah
1: that would be so great <laughs> yeah
0: indeed yeah well I'm rooting for you and uh your your branding process but um I kind of did the same thing last year mm-hmm. and yeah I think it's really the beginning of a new era so yeah yeah it feels like that like kind of being uh, reborn and uh <laughs> kind of was there was there was there a sentiment, or was there a feeling of you also trying to step back a bit, um, or not being the face um, of it all the time? Uh, no, I don't think
1: I'm gonna be even more the face than
0: <laughs> than I was <laughs> uh, <once> before.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna be. T- I'm going to to be uh, more yeah needing to be more visible than ever mm-hmm. ever before um but I think there was just a a feeling to to step up the game and we we've we've uh made so many big steps uh, mm-hmm. with like investment we got uh uh of course we we bought a machine i quitted my kind of side job you could say at the mm-hmm. textile museum really like um, leveling up to uh, another level. And mm-hmm. uh, I didn't want it to be that much connected to my person uh, in, in that sense of carrying literally my name, you know? I think we were mm-hmm. more than only me. Uh, and I've, I've never had like a very big ego, which I didn't think it it needed anyhow to carry my name any longer. Uh, it will always be tied to that but i think it's bigger than that uh and 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 mm-hmm. uh it was time to to make that move
0: yeah and um can you tell us a bit about the the product side that you're also going to develop more
1: yeah so we want to we get like a lot of interest uh, since the beginning uh, uh, that I graduated. Actually, um, uh, of people wanting to own my products, my shoes, or anything. Really, I would post online would get some mm-hmm. some level of interest. Um, so now having a machine and as well being more established with like um, having more connections to the to the industry and 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 factories. Uh, we want to set up like a, uh, like a little capsule collection of of different products mm-hmm. launching mm-hmm. like a product every so often uh it won 't be shoes uh, <laughs> that i uh, i keep Spoiler. for uh, <laughs> that i uh i keep for like development for other uh mm-hmm. other clients but um yeah, it, it's it's gonna be very nice, and I'm very excited to uh, to share more uh, in the coming months. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, because I think having your own product line or um, working on something that is your baby and carrying your name, mm-hmm. um, I think it also gives you an opportunity to express. Ex- ex- something that is uh that is different from what you would do for a client because Mm. according to your own uh priority or focus and not not a brief
1: yeah no absolutely it is uh it gives much more freedom freedom in a way and you can stay much closer to yourself yeah 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 yeah
0: Yeah. have you ever had a business plan um yes (laughs) or no and why? Uh, yeah, good one. Um, I never really wanted to set
1: up a company. I kind of rolled into it. So uh, last year, for the first time, we uh, we came. Yeah, we 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 had we we were in a situation that we needed to set up a, a business plan, and it uh, it brought us so much. Uh, yeah, together with my team, we set up. Um, uh, yeah, like a whole business plan with a timeline, budgets and uh, cash flows, etc. Um, for for funding we needed for the machine. Um, and it has been like one of the best things I think we've done for the growth of the company and establishing ourselves further. I think when you write it down on paper... All of a sudden like you're connecting the dots and you're having something tangible that that you want mm-hmm. to execute um and make happen um which kind of gives a reason to kind of go if that makes sense it gives a reason to kind mm-hmm. of continue doing what you want not that i didn't have that but uh uh it was less yeah less tangible or less like concrete in a way you know um so it's, uh, something I would recommend to, uh, to anybody <laughs> really, it's like quite a, quite a bit of work, but, uh, it pays off.
0: Yeah. Pays off. Yeah. I get it because then you also, I think sometimes I feel it's also a way of, uh, documenting, um, mm-hmm. and also looking back, um, it's like looking back and forward at the same time, um, having some goals, mm-hmm. or knowing what's happening when, and yeah. then looking back, and it's like, wow, like, uh, yeah, it's doable. Or yeah. this is what we have done. And yeah,
1: yeah, indeed. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there is a, a there is a lot of satisfaction <laughs> <laughs> having a business plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um was there ever any failure or any error that you've committed that you would advise young entrepreneurs uh, not to do
1: mm. yeah real failures uh good one um I think just there might have been many actually uh but one that sticks to uh to my mind is uh is very much that it's very okay to help, to ask for help and to not do everything yourself. I think that's like a big learning for me and to get people on board rather sooner than later, instead of really pushing yourself that much to execute it all yourself. And to, um, uh, I think it's as well very good to get like uh, coaches on board to help you with your business uh, uh, because within my education at least there was a big lack of like how to run a business or how mm-hmm. to be like properly independent and uh, there was nothing we, we didn't learn that at school it's like you have it in you or you don't and then well you figure it out on the go but like uh, that's a tough that's a tough way of learning you know uh,
0: yeah, I think um, I agree with you on that um, because there it's a there is a big difference in making something and making a product, mm-hmm. and then on the other on the other hand, uh, there is strategy and business development. Yeah, absolutely. Like, There is moves to make. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. And just like simple things like how much do you charge per hour?
1: How do you kind Mm -hmm. of make a budget? Uh, What is, how to position yourself, you know, like in the market? Mm -hmm. Those were things I had no idea what I was worth. Mm -hmm. I had no idea, like, uh, how to quantify my services, like, and I wish I had known I would have uh, done it very differently, but I think, yeah, it was needed to make those those mistakes to learn uh, in a way. But uh, nice is another thing. <laughs> yeah. Say what? Nice is another thing. I mean, it's not a nice yeah. thing
0: to uh, to make those those yeah errors. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's a. I think. I think um unless you've studied I don't know business mm-hmm. or business development or that kind of stuff, um it's an easy and it's an easy mistake to make. Oh absolutely yeah. I, I think it's not there it, there is not it's not um knowledge that is easily mm. available oh, no, no, no
1: no 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 not at all not at all and I think my parents would have uh, w- would say uh like it's like learning money you need to just like make mistakes and, and just yeah. like um yeah and then you you learn it and you don't do it ever again like you did the first yeah. time
0: yeah 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 I know what you mean mm-hmm. um so good on you that you've got help and uh <laughs> You figured it out. I mean, you're doing end, well. End. Yeah, <laughs> after seven years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, I think um, it it's also proven to what you do is needed, mm-hmm. and yeah, um, sometimes it's maybe don't be so hard on yourself either because. Mm-hmm. It takes time to develop all these things no, and for to develop sure. your identity and yeah, you know that's that's a sure thing. That that is like uh, time needs to go over that uh,
1: to yeah, yeah.
0: Because on the other hand, you also have businesses, you know, that explode within like one year, and uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it's very sustainable either. No, so. no, 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 no.
1: I think that's that's like uh, yeah, the, the, no, that's like. I would not have wanted that
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no me yeah either I think that's like a rocket ship yeah yeah can you tell us what a typical week uh, looks like mm-hmm. if you have any routines or rituals or um what your ideal week would look like yeah that's a good
1: one um I don't think I really have that I'm kind of going with the flow what is in my agenda um, but I very much love to sleep uh, so I would stay in bed mm-hmm. the longest <laughs> I can um, further yeah like you said before I think I would spend two or three days uh, working next to the knitting machine um, and then yeah it depends a little bit like what's going on, on the, in the weeks but uh I don't yet very much have like a, a kind of routine in that sense. I try to have like more normal working hours, which is already quite a big achievement on my mm-hmm. on my end. Um but yeah, um I think that's that's going to require a bit more time to really have like a you know, like set of of sports that you do and and like other activities that you have, like alongside work, um, that's uh, that's to be continued. I would say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but I get the, I get that you know if you have a chaotic, unpredictable—I um, mean, not unpredictable, but uh, I think varied, varied activities, yeah. varied business activities—that uh, you need some some form of structure, and yeah. if this is your nine to five because it just makes it mentally easier to handle. Yeah. Well, I think that yeah. physically, I think yeah. it's also physically. Yeah,
1: definitely. I think it's like both, uh, it's kind of, yeah, I think it's there for a reason, you know, like why a lot mm-hmm. of people kind of have those hours. It's kind of good mm-hmm. to have a moment, uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, just to unwind and, uh, and, uh, just learning, to, uh, to get that, that more kind of that more healthy
0: kind of lifestyle uh, mm-hmm. in a way. Um, yeah, yeah. It does take some time to unwind. I can't come home and sleep immediately. <laughs> I need to like process the day and have a little nighttime routine and. Uh, yeah, exactly. Let the day fade out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, um, I think that's a good approach. Would you do, um, would you want to go to, uh, because you mentioned you wanted to get back into sports, is it more that you would like to do it in a studio or now with the whole trend of online training, would you consider to train at home?
1: Oh good one. Um no, I think I would go somewhere definitely. Uh I really want to get back when I lived in France, I I was like uh doing quite a bit of mountain biking uh mm-hmm. in uh yeah, as a teenager and here in the neighborhood you can um you have like a lot of nature and like a lot of parks mm-hmm. where you can very nice nicely mountain bike so really want to get back into that Uh, and my boyfriend does it as well so uh, Mm -hmm. that's a goal to uh, to get more on the bike uh, and uh, yeah enjoy like that side of uh, of of where I live Uh, yeah yeah
0: yeah nature is so grounding so Mm -hmm. you should Mm -hmm. definitely get out there (laughs) yeah exactly exactly Well, um, I think we're uh, through. Um, It's been so nice to talk to you. Yeah, um, thank you so much. Honestly, so interesting. Um, And I mean, especially for me, because uh, I think we're kind of in the same boat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for the invitation. And it was a pleasure to talk with you.
0: Yeah, anytime, anytime. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed our episode today. Stay tuned and I'll catch you next time with another episode of That's My Niche.